0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Web3 native podcast. I know this year has been a little bit slow, and so we're on the second episode of the year, but it's one that I really look forward to speaking about. Uh, please welcome Spade, who is core contributor at Neutron.
1: Hey, Shikai. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me
0: all right there's a lot that we want to dive into Uh, and i know we will get into all the details about neutron uh, but to to give it like a a little bit of color uh, the the one thing that the audience should know about is that it is a core part of the cosmos ecosystem and so before kind of introducing neutron i I just wanted to kick off with uh, a tweet that has really stuck in my mind uh, for the last few months, right? And I think leading up to this episode, that we, we've we had a few episodes in the past about Cosmos uh, with Zaki about history and then uh, with Ethan. In fact, I think uh, we spoke like right after uh, Prop 82 was was rejected. So that, that was a critical moment. And today we are here with a live replicated security chain. Uh, but then we have a tweet from Zaki recently uh, and it says, I think Cosmos social capital has about 12 months to do something unique and differentiated. Otherwise, we get swallowed by Eve flavored variants of Cosmos originated ideas like Rollabs and Eigenlayer. I feel intense urgency. The hour is late. Spade, what's your reaction to that?
1: Yeah, like. It's definitely a very interesting tweet, um, so much so that, in fact, like, um, Zaki's tweet and and also, um, you know, our discussions with you, Shikai kind of inspired us to have a dedicated panel um, about the topic at, at Gateway. I think, roughly speaking, my 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 take on, on the matter is that I agree with the sense of urgency, um, like, being immobile is not really an option. Um, but, but I also do think that like first cosmos has very strong social capital it has um, strong thesis that um, it, it can play on and um, and it has fairly solid tech basically now what I think we've um, lacked basically is um, serious teams that are able to take this tech and and, and, and turn them into uh, products that people actually want to use so that you know it's not just theoretical um, valuable tech it's, it's actually, Powering some of some of these functions and demonstrating sort of the um, the ability of um, all of this all of this infrastructure, the Cosmos SDK, Cosmos Wasm, IBC, and and all of the others, right? And that that's in fact one of the things that we're trying to do at, at Neutron, right? Like Neutron is taking a lot of these technologies, putting them together in a way that that helps bring them to market, basically. And what makes me fairly optimistic is that um, I, I think this realization now sort of permeates Cosmos, and there's a lot of teams that are moving in that direction now. Um, you know, well, I mean, DYDX moving to Cosmos is obviously like a, a strong plus in in, in this regard. Um, Noble is also doing active work on, on this, and you have folks like Polymer who are trying to, you know, build around IBC sort of like organizational capacity to really take these things and push them to the next level, get teams to work on them, get you know, more more efficient coordination, um, and 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 start like connecting to the rest of, of Web3 um, so that these products can finally sort of like take their place in, in the market. Um, so I think I agree with the sense of urgency. Like we do need to um, to do our absolute best to not only continue developing these technologies but also bring them to market in meaningful ways. Um, but but I am pretty optimistic about our ability to do so over the next year.
0: Yes, and in fact, the urgency or the lateness when when Zachary refers to that hours late might help to uh, motivate. The teams right and we can see already so much progress like i said being made uh with validating the app chain thesis from dydx asset issuance like noble polymer working on ibc and of course neutron uh, as a core piece to validate replicated security which is arguably probably the, the key product of cosmos hub today or, or uh, i i view it as a key innovation of the cosmos hub and uh well for those who are not fully familiar uh, neutron is the first a partner chain or some call that consumer chain of the Cosmos hub. And it's the first live example of replicated security being offered by the Cosmos hub, uh, it also marks the beginning of the creation of what we call the atom economic zone. <laughs> and to differentiate itself with other chains, Neutron is able to provide all sorts of cross-chain technologies. Uh, so not just the vanilla IBC, but also things like ICA, ICQ. Now, I just spotted a whole bunch of like terms and acronyms. All right. We talked like, about partner chain, consumer chain, replicated security, interchain security, IBC, IC, ICQ. There, there's just so many terms. And sometimes I feel that like, you know, why does Cosmos have to make it so complicated? <laughs> uh, but it, it's also fun. Uh, and so it would be helpful actually to our viewers if we can just walk through some of these terms, starting with maybe like partner consumer chain, a replicated interchain or shared security, and like how are these terms like come up are there differences within these terms when we refer to them
1: yeah for sure um so starting with interesting security replicated security um basically those two terms refer to um the idea that you can use one blockchain's proof of stake engine to secure another blockchain right so um in the case of replicated security, the specific flavor of interchain or cross-chain security that's um, live today on, on the Cosmos Hub, the rough idea is that you can use the stake and validator set of a provider chain, um, in this case the Cosmos Hub, the largest, best capitalized chain in in the Cosmos ecosystem, um, and you can essentially lend it to another blockchain uh, by you know, sending messages to the blockchain to tell it, "Hey, those are your validators and their voting power, and those are the ones who should be, you know, producing like validating your blocks." And in exchange for for that, the consumer chain, which receives, um, you know, the economic security and the validator set from the provider chain. So here, in this case, that would be Neutron. Um, essentially, you know, then it well. Benefits from a, a, a range of perks that we can cover later, but um, in exchange for this service, um, this consumer chain um, either shares revenue, uh, provides tokens, or other forms of compensations to the hub. Right? Currently, this is mostly um, handled via sort of like governance negotiations, whereby the Cosmos Hub needs to approve a project to launch on 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 um, replicated security, and you know that that security agreement, the the compensation model. Um, is sort of like a core piece of that that agreement. Um, To simplify, you have the the consumer or partner chain, in in this case Neutron, which receives validator stake and stake and pays out 25% of its revenue to the Cosmos Hub, right? Um, And so you have sort of like this mutually beneficial relationship where um, the more successful the consumer chain is, the more revenue it generates for the Cosmos Hub, which helps increase the value of Atom as an asset, um, and therefore the capitalization of the cosmos hub and its security which then makes the consumer chain more secure and so you have this sort of like um, loop here
0: for sure and and we will definitely go into more details there uh, in in a little bit uh, actually just curious whether uh, why did the name evolve from like consumer chain to partner chain was there a particular nuance or implication there
1: yeah so I think, I think there's a few things. The first one is I think there's a tension within, you know, replicated security is a very new technology. It's like the first time that it's in production with Neutron coming live, um, and so some of that taxonomy is still sort of like being refined. Um, initially, the idea of um, you know provider chain, consumer chain refers like to sort of like a a service agreement conception of the exchange of security in exchange for for uh, revenue, um, and so it's it's. So, somewhat specific in this regard, which is um, a, a good perk, um, but it has two downsides, um, which is that one, it it sort of like creates this very hierarchical uh, relationship between between the two projects, um, and two, it also um, contains like it is framed as sort of a service agreement, um, which may be problematic in that um, you know in replicated security there is an upfront cost to the validator set of the Cosmos Hub, which has to run additional nodes for the new blockchain that is being launched, um, but the revenue, you know, every project take time before they actually reach um, product market fit and maturity and, and start generating meaningful amounts of revenue. And so you have sort of a mismatch between um, the moment at which the cost starts being paid and the moment at which revenue starts being generated. And so that mismatch, is more akin to a relationship that you would have in a sort of investment, e.g., the Cosmos Hub and its community, its community pool, um, is investing in a project that it thinks will be, um, you know, successful in its own terms in the future, generate revenue, and share a portion of that with the hub, but also in in other ways will will um, provide value to the sort of like sub ecosystem, the network of consumer chains that that will exist around the hub, right? So the the um, atom economic zone, right? Hmm. Right. Um, so, so that would be for the consumer chain term, like consumer provider. Now, there's a new term that has surfaced, um, pushed by by folks at the uh, Atom Accelerator Dow and others, um, which is like partner chains. Um, I think the what what is great about this term is that it really shows sort of like the the the, the synergistic nature of uh, of chains within the uh, atom economic zone. Like that's the main. Um, Requirement for for that entire sort of like endeavor to be successful, right? You need to have, um, you need to leverage the close proximity and trust assumptions of these blockchains in order to generate additional value for the the whole endeavor to be as successful as it may be. Um, but it does have one problem, which is that it applies to both chains, and so it's pretty hard to know which chain you're talking about, like which partner chain is it, Neutron, the Cosmos Hub, or so. Yeah, I, I still, I think we probably need to. Continue thinking about the taxonomy to get it perfectly right. But yeah.
0: I see. So was this uh, so it's somewhat, it has somewhat political uh, kind of objectives to to neutralize that that positioning so that it's not like we're providing a service and rather like, hey, we're partners trying to figure it out. And we are in this position and where we want upside. And you're in this position where you want security and connections. And therefore, it's, it's a partnership rather than like uh, I'm providing a service for you. Correct. Yeah, right. So uh, it also sounds that like, so if, if I'm providing a service, kind of if I'm the hub and like doing business as an infrastructure provider, then uh, it's kind of I want to attract as many as possible. But then the connotation of a partnership also means that I kind of want to curate who I want to be part of this group, right, this coalition uh, of this like atom economic zone as well. So what does it mean for uh, developers or app chains, right? Like, what kind of uh, app chains or ideas uh, would be suitable, and and I know this would be uh, a question that would be much better addressed with, like, say, A-A-DAO, uh But perhaps through your interactions with the hub and and A-A-DAO and the members of the community, you might have some ideas as well. Uh, and we do know there are quite a few coming up.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I think like once again, like here, there is also a tension which takes its roots from from some of like the technical implementation and the economic model of the technology currently. Um, you know, there is this um, this eventual goal of having replicated security function on a um, permissionless basis or at least a, a much more streamlined stream, streamline sort of, like, um, system, in which case you would have um, a much easier onboarding and a more standardized sort of, like, economic model uh, for the hub to know how it's going to accrue value from securing additional chains. Um, but currently, like, we're sort of far from, from this. Currently, we still need to... There's a lot of like governance involved, so there's a lot of politics actually involved in launching a consumer chain, and so it it makes it very um, that plus the fact that, you know, this mismatch between um, the cost, the infrastructure cost and the revenue from consumer chains makes it pretty hard to actually scale that system to like hundreds of chains within the next two years, for example. Um, like I, I, I have absolutely no doubt that technical improvements and economic model improvements will make it much more scalable over time. But currently, it seems um, like inappropriate to sort of think that that's going to happen in the short term. And so, you know, to your to your point about, you know, whether this is like um, a service that we should try and get as many customers as possible for, or more of a partnership. I think, in the current situation, at least. Um, it makes much more sense for the hub to approach this as sort of a a very close partnership. And not only that, but a sort of like premium one, which is like the hub is not the only chain that can become a security provider. Like replicated security can be, you know, it's a Cosmos SDK module. So any chain could come around and add it to their binary and start providing um, security to other chains. Now, the Cosmos hub is uniquely placed to actually do this because it doesn't have a product of its own um, sort of like handled by its binary. And that makes it pretty neutral when it comes to the consumer chain. So it doesn't compete with the chain that it secures. It has a very high market cap, a fairly established validator set. And so it's very well positioned to do that. And so my, my take on this is that the hub should actually be carefully vetting the projects that it that it launches so that um, it it tries to maximize um, how successful these applications will be and also participates in manufacturing this success by um, you know supporting, incubating, accelerating these projects, helping them bootstrap um, you know, liquidity, user basis, and, and, and all of these things, and also guiding sort of like close integrations within the projects that launched in this atom economic zone, right? Um, so at least for now, uh, and, and for sort of like the foreseeable future, I think it will be much more of a question of like close partnerships than it will be more of like you know, a, a business that we're just like finding, like funneling customers for. But that may change in the future, um, and I think sort of like more lightweight lightweight models of replicated security may um, help facilitate that that transition eventually. Like you know, uh, sort of like opt-in security, which is the idea that instead of lending the entire validator set, you could lend um, portions of the validator set, and therefore reduce the infrastructure cost to just like some of the operators, and therefore secure more chains. Uh, although with slightly different trust assumptions, might help mesh security and other shared security techniques might also be uh, ways for the hub to actually, you know, have a similar relationship with other projects, but less closely bound, so that it can, um, you know, approach it as a bit more of a customer-to-business relationship than it currently should be, in my opinion, with uh, with replicated security.
0: Right. In a funny way, it almost sounds like the Cosmos Hub is doing uh, what YC calls "do things that don't scale." In the beginning, right? Like going one to one, I have these like tailored white glove relationships. And I know Neutron is trying to do some of that with the first apps that uh, it's onboarding as well. Uh, but then uh, the hope is that eventually we get to a point where, hey, look, here are some best practices and here are some governance mechanisms that are mature enough such that we can start to standardize, templatize, and therefore scale these mechanisms. Uh, and in fact, I- I'm curious to hear whether, because I know Neutron has been innovating in this regard as well with some of the, the opt-out uh, mechanics. And I, I understand even some of the, the kind of a, a stipend kind of uh, thinking of like uh, what is a basic uh, uh, incentive, a basic uh, almost kind of like uh, validator basic income, so to speak, from, <laughs> uh, <laughs> from new partner chains. Uh, whether these ideas are starting to become templatized or maybe even uh, adopted by newer partner chains that are in consideration right now.
1: I mean they're, they're certainly being um, explored um, there there are you know trade-offs with with all of them right um, I think you know it, it it sort of depends on what the hub's priorities are um, if the goal is to scale replicated security to as many chains as possible in the short term then having ideas like the soft opt out, the stipend make a lot of sense because um, they allow you to alleviate the financial pressure on the node operators that secure the hub and its consumer chains, um, so that you can avoid two things. First, like having operators that you know are financially unsustainable because of the added infrastructure cost of the consumer chains, um, and two, avoid the centralizing force that that would create on the Cosmos Hub's validator set if you know validators start like not breaking even anymore on their on, on their company. Um, although obviously that should be sort of like. Taken with a grain of salt, because actually validators in Cosmos do run a lot of chains um, at a loss for a a variety of reasons like access, MEP, um, exposure, publicity, um, sort of like community relationship and and, and such, right? But yeah, these ideas are being explored. I think it's um, I, I think what's interesting to see is that we have both a shift at the technical implementation level. So like the soft top cloud is one of these features, right? It's a fairly basic feature, which is thought of as more of a like temporary fix to ensure that we're not creating any sort of um a centralizing force onto the validator set and that you know the operators who want like the, the way it works by the way for for everybody is simply um an operator that is in the bottom five percent of the voting power on the cosmos hub is not slashed or jailed it, it's not punished um if it doesn't start running a node on, on neutron right Because that's only five percent of the voting power it doesn't compromise too much on the liveness and security of the chain Um, and the chain remains retains the entire economic security of the cosmos hub Um, but it does have a few quirks and ideally you know if if replicated security as a concept is that you get the whole set then you should be getting the whole set and so this feature eventually should be removed and replaced by having a, a more sound um sort of like economic system in the case of neutron it's also and mostly going to be about Ensuring that the platform is tremendously successful, so that it generates the, the amount of revenue that allows anyone to break um, even or make profits on on the fact that they're also securing neutron anyway. One of the other sort of like elements is um, you know stake distribution and the, the distribution of value throughout the the, the cosmos subset. Um, like many blockchains outside, like uh, like in, in today, um, the hub has a distribution that is pretty top heavy. And so, you know, for the for the sake of the infrastructure, for its decentralization, um, it, it would benefit from actually distributing that a bit more evenly, provided that the the, the node operators are are worth that stake. Um, but but you know, like first it's easy to say, but it's a bit harder to do in practice. I think there's a, a bunch of ways that this can be improved over time. We've already seen the ICF update its delegation policy, which is I think a really good step in the right direction. Um, and I think there's a few. Sort of like intrinsic problems with staking that um, may be solved or part, or at least partially addressed by the advent of uh, liquid staking providers, which um, you know as entities have a lot more resource and expertise to sort of help curate um, how well how the stake is is, is distributed and um, and can avoid some of those sort of like the the, the pitfalls of just like native delegations where people are incentivized by the UI, by the fact that it's very difficult to research everything about a validator and and, and all of these factors um, to make better delegations than the natural distribution that you get uh, in in delegated proof of stake on most networks. Um, And and solving that distribution of stake has an impact on replicated security and sustainability because um, just like the rest of proof of stake revenue, the revenue from consumer chain is distributed to validators and delegators based on their commissions um, well i mean based on their stake and then the validators take a commission on that um, so there, there's a few other like ideas that are that are being uh, put in place if you have a flatter distribution the revenue is better distributed across the the operators which have roughly the same cost right there's an average and depending on how they run their infrastructure it varies but basically speaking if if, if you count like let's say a thousand dollars per operator per month You'll cover the vast majority of operators, um, and so once we get that, we know that replicated security is somewhat sustainable. The second thing is, um, you know, there are mechanisms like having different commission rates um, on the, you know, on the hub and the consumer chains, um, which would allow um, the leaders to adjust how much of the the staking, well, the the revenue they're they're taking. To cover their their expenses, and then anything beyond that would be uh, you know just like given to the delegators essentially. Um, that that's a, another idea that could help sort of like scale um, replicated security without introducing sort of like subsidy like mechanisms, which are somewhat um, let's say unpopular and in, in in the industry and for 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 good reasons, I guess.
0: Right, and, and even if we make it flatter. Uh, does it kind of introduce a new incentive to game the system oh. with some sort of like Sybil attack? Or not, not to say Sybil, but like oh, to you just to break your you stake across the more validators, itself. right? Yeah.
1: Um, so, so here, what I'm talking about is not changing the curve of how the revenue is distributed. It's simply just like um, keeping the stake-weighted distribution, which is a Sybil-resistant mechanism, but just ensuring that the way stake is handled in the ecosystem is um, is handled better um, from the perspective of distributing voting power in the system, so that we don't rely on a few on a few large entities for most of the voting power and most of the you know ability to hold the chain, sensor blocks, and and and, and such, right? Um, so I think it's mostly about providing better interfaces for users to learn about validators and pick which ones they want to delegate with. Providing better validator set management uh, technologies and and, and strategies um, through liquid staking, having large holders like foundations and 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 core like founding entities have more, you know, reasonable, more more fleshed out, um, and 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 fully functioning uh, delegation policies and and the likes, right? Um, mm-hmm. Those I think would be sort of like three of the great ways that you can address state distribution without, without introducing sort of like civil risk or or similar problems
0: mm. right because we, we're like uh, in cosmos anyway we're very far on like the, the one end of the spectrum that now we're just moving it closer to the middle but it's not at risk of like being too open to to like you said simple attacks uh i'm curious well, to whether... think
1: about them. it's like you get revenue based on how much atom you have yeah. um now the atom you have depends on how much atoms you own as an operator but it also depends on how much delegations you get and so the idea here is not we're not changing the way that revenue is distributed to you we're changing how much stake you, you you end up having because of the number of delegations that you have the idea being for example we could move some of that like like cosmos just like ethereum and like that's one of the big reasons why lido was created in the first place cosmos has um, you know large validators that are um, delegated to by centralized exchanges or custodians right um, this makes a lot of sense and custodians and centralized exchanges, are able to provide very well-integrated, very high-quality services. But we should be providing decentralized alternatives, trustless alternatives, that essentially have you know, feature parity or, or, or that are at least as attractive, so that we can avoid having that concentration of stake within a few entities and instead have multiple um, node operators that are equally as competitive and can receive, and can, like, receive large shares of, of the voting power so that overall the set becomes more distributed.
0: Absolutely. absolutely, And I'm glad you brought up Lido and in the Ethereum ecosystem, because uh, this is also a question that many other ecosystems are uh, contending with, right? And of course, like the figuring out the economics and relationships of uh, of replicated security is something that, for example, Polkadot uh, has tried to go through with the parachain options. And now with Ethereum, uh, I guess the relationship with somewhat the, the rollups or Restaking apps with eigenlayer uh, is something that is yet to be live yet. So, that ecosystem has to figure it out. I wonder uh, whether here any comparisons you like to make, or whether in, in the form of like learnings that we might have taken uh, from other ecosystems or we could take, or vice versa, where like uh, here are some lessons where you think like that uh, other ecosystems trying the similar things could take from. Wow, that's a tough question, actually. Um...
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a bunch, right? Um, the the first thing is that we um, we see today that launching on replicated security is a is a highly political process that heavily involves governance. I think as the system matures, um, a lot of the sort of like auxiliary con- like um, considerations that go into the process today um, should be made entirely trustless and automated. They should be handled by the code, essentially, um, and and only sort of like the core tenants should be handled by governance. If anything is handled by governance, um, so like trust, like governance minimization, I think is going to be a strong and important trend. At the same time, you know, one of the strong reasons why um, the process is so governance heavy currently is that negotiating, like having sort of like a, a, a one size fits all template for how these chains should interact with the hub is. Um, unlikely to work, at least currently, um, because you have a very wide diversity of of projects and and their nature, right? So like, Neutron is a small contract platform. So what it does is it allows um, numerous applications to launch on the same like infrastructure, basically, and benefit from network effects, better cross infrastructure, and, and the like. As such, it's likely that if any type of chain is going to have meaningful amounts of of activity, Neutron should be that one. But at the same time, you also have um, and so it makes sense to have a service agreement, well, a, a security agreement that is um, structured around sharing revenue, right? Because that's the interest of both of the projects. We like both of the projects need to ensure that Neutron generates as much revenue as possible because it benefits both of them. So the incentives alignment is pretty close. But you also have like other types of of chains that may be um, very valuable for the hub to launch on 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 replicated security, e g um you know we have projects like, duality and, and entry point and, and others that are providing a specific application, they're making up specific blockchains, and having them closely related to the hub would, would help sort of like have um, Atom as, as as a token be sort of like become more money-like by making sure that it's like, you know, the base asset in the, in the systems. Um, and so here you may have different systems, right, because as one application, they don't necessarily need to generate like hundreds of thousands of transactions per day, but they will have sort of like a business model. And so figuring out a way to integrate replicated security into that business model so that a portion of the revenue can be shared, or maybe a token so that exposure to the success of that pro- project can be shared um, is, is something that's likely to become um, interesting in the future as well. And I think you know, some of the infrastructure that is being built on, on Neutron today, so stuff like the Atom 2.0 allocator. Which I know you, you you guys have covered before, uh, I think is likely to become a pretty important mechanism in this whole thing because it, it will allow consumer chains and the hub to enter sort of like programmatic on-chain agreements um, to help you know um, for the hub get exposure and for the project get early liquidity um, and 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 similar um, agreements and so I think that has um, a lot of of um, of potential now. Yeah, I guess that would be probably the, the main sort of like lesson for, from this whole thing, it, which is that you know, governance minimization should be the goal, but it's very hard to do in practice, and so it, it's likely to be an iterative process.
0: Yeah. If I may uh, draw the comparison, because uh, we've, we've looked quite deeply into the Polkadot parachain options as well, and I would say that that has worked really well in, uh, in generating demand for dots. Because people need to like take out all the start and and stake into these parachain slots to win these auctions for and it's locked in there for then like one year for Kusama two years for for Polkadot itself, and uh, that is a very standardized process. It's scalable, uh, and that that is the design path that Polkadot has gone down. Uh, so in this case, Cosmos, we're less scalable. It's quite governance dependent, but the real upside here is that we get the shared kind of mutual ownership, right? Like like you said, it scales with the revenue potential uh, and the upside potential of the partner chain. So because the hub itself is earning uh, Neutron ownership, uh, there is strong incentive alignment, right? Unlike Pocono, where like, oh, one year is up, uh, if you don't win the auction, two years up, if you don't win the auction, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just gone. And there's less of a relationship. It feels more impersonal. Whereas in this case, it's, it's really kind of a, a dedicated uh, really, partnership, right, and, and hence like partnership, partnership, uh, partner chain feels so apt uh, as a name here, and, and so I do feel that it's, it's a fresh take uh, that hopefully we can see great success from. Uh, one major implication, of course, I agree with this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: if if I may, like this, boils down to the points that we were discussing just before, right? So that you have this tension between an investment relationship. Or yeah. you, you want to have a very close relationship where you're going to, to try your best to make that project successful because you both share into sort of like the, the outcome of, of that relationship um, or a service level like a, a service agreement sort of relationship polka dot is more on that side of the spectrum whereby as long as you're paying the well participating in the auction and winning the slot you get the slot once you don't bye-bye um, so it's, it's, it's interesting that we actually get this um, sort of like um, Precedent to 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 build around of like I, I do think that yeah. standardizing this this mechanism makes um, well I mean streamlining it definitely makes a lot of sense bringing as much as possible on chain makes a lot of sense but exactly how to structure the agreements initially um, is probably something that will take a lot more time and iteration before before it's even possible to consider it and and make mm-hmm. it very viable
0: in my opinion. Right, and and who knows, right? Like maybe we don't even go down governance minimized. We maybe we go with some sort of subdial model of like, hey, here are a few types of partners that we want, and we have like committees and and like uh, a referendum on like who should be the partner committee members to then curate the partner chains for those priorities. Uh, that that might be an option. Uh, but the the thought I wanted to go down just now, which is uh, this this kind of like almost tailor made relationships, uh, has made possible a new concept, which is. The Adam Economic Zone, right? It's not just like, hey, let's just generate a, a demand for Adam, but here's like, here's where, hey, look, uh, these are like other products that are complementary and can drive uh, value of Adam by giving the validators uh, more rewards or giving Adam itself more utility, kind of extending the functionality of the hub. And uh, I-, I love for you to define Adam Economic Zone. Uh, if if I may just throw an analogy out there, one one funny kind of. Uh, Ironic bit is that the hub itself is meant to be a minimal hub, right? Where you don't want to have any functionality, uh, and so you're pushing it all to the partner chains. But at the same time, what Adam Economic Zone is hub maximalism, where I want to, I want everybody to like be part of the hub and use Adam and like kind of like become the base asset of this whole ecosystem. And so it's both minimalism and maximalism at the same time. (laughs) Uh, Somehow that works. But yes, what's what's your take? What is Aez?
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually think your your take makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I would describe the atom economic zone as the set of chains that are closely connected um, together and with the cosmos hub, and therefore create something you can, like like the analogy that I would use is is something of the tune of like the European Union or um, or a federation. Essentially, you have sort of like this this entity that everybody participates in, and then you have like sort of like um, at least partially sovereign um, entities that compose uh, all of it, and they're all part of the same lar- larger body, and um, their interests are aligned in that, in, in that regard. And so they they work together um, to to be successful together. Essentially, um, I think your example makes a lot of sense in the sense that it's um, it's technical minimalism. E.g., the hub doesn't need to have much more than governance, staking, and replicated security to to be able to perform sort of like this vision of the atomic economic zone. Um, And then it's political maximalism, essentially, whereby we're going to recreate this this sort of like federation around the hub where we're going to um, help make atom more money-like, more like a reserve asset to be used in the ecosystem. Um, We're going to deploy it so that, um, you know, this section of Cosmos as a whole has um, very deep integrations, very deep liquidity, is able to collaborate together very efficiently. Um, and we're starting to see some of this, right? So you have um, projects like Stride, for example, which is a liquid-staking protocol. Um, as Stride is in the process of migrating, uh, in their case, since they already have a live blockchain. Um, they're in the process of migrating to replicated security. And as part of their proposal to the hub to, to do so, they included a section about um, you know, receiving 450,000 uh, atoms And then liquid staking half of that with their service and then pairing it with the the remaining atom into a liquidity pool on Neutron, right? Onto Astroport on Neutron. So here you have like three blockchains collaborating to to get an end result, right? You have the Cosmos hub that's providing liquidity. You have Stride that's helping liquid stake that, therefore participating in securing the blockchain, but also providing yield on the position of that of the community pool of, of the hub. Um, and you have Neutron sort of like providing a venue, a DeFi uh, environment in which that prim- that that liquidity can be de- deployed and used to build further applications, um, further use cases. On, um, I think these sort of initiatives are likely to become more frequent um, as as um, sort of like the economic zone, the atom economic zone evolves. Um, there's you know a bunch of um, of research that being that's being done, like like uh, brainstorming. I would say with um, you know, other projects like entry point, noble and, and others about like how we can connect these services very closely to generate sort of like not only, for example, the DeFi ecosystem on Neutron, but sort of like this meta DeFi ecosystem of the auto, atom economic zone, basically. Um, so I think that's one layer where it's very interesting as a concept. The second layer is sort of like the social capital, social consensus layer where you have Additional sort of like initiatives, like for example, Neutron will have most likely a grants program that is sort of like handled on chain, um, and the Cosmos Hub already has a committee that is in charge that is like you know of, of making grants on behalf of the Cosmos Hub, right? Now these two can collaborate to fund projects that that are eligible, like that that makes sense to bring to the economic zone and that will add value to both the hub and Neutron. There's there's you know even further ways to um, um, that we can take this partnership. And like perhaps you want to touch upon this, or should we keep
0: this as <laughs> a... <laughs> oh, I No, think, no, I think we can. Uh, so I, I know what you're alluding to. Basically, at the time of recording, uh, we've already had a soft announcement of the AEZ accelerator that you uh, shared during the Gateway event. Right? And in fact, uh, at, at this time as well, uh, the proposal is up. And it already has gone through AADAO uh, and is going through the, the Neutron uh, governance process right now to, to fund. Uh, such an initiative uh, which is of course uh, in partnership with uh, long hash x uh, which we're very excited to be part of
1: yeah for sure uh, just had a quick look and we have 96 percent of yes votes so that's that's looking pretty good but yeah so you know all of the social capital um of that exists within the academic economic zone can also collaborate on bringing sort of like these initiatives that know sort of like to to go back to what we were saying very um, early on in this in in this episode is that we have great tech we need to bring it to market and these sort of initiatives are are a great great way to do this and they're value additive to not only one chain but the entire sub ecosystem of the atom economic zone
0: yeah, absolutely. And so it feels like a much more cohesive ecosystem because there's already this, like you said, a, a clear social consensus that we're all contributing to this shared economic zone uh, and actual like uh, economic alignment in, in the different setup, be it liquid staking and then like how we can deploy that uh, on the smart contracts on Neutron and so on. Uh, which I, I want to touch on a, a debate, which I know you've been following a little bit in the Ethereum ecosystem uh, about whether rollups are sovereign, or not, and in Cosmos and replicated security is especially interesting because there is no uh, enshrined bridge, right? Uh, from from atom to to neutron itself. So I mean, we we have IBC, I'm sure, uh, but then it's it's different in the way that the Ethereum rollups are set up, uh, and there's also the question of like um, I guess new chains coming on. For example, Stride themselves, they were a sovereign app chain before they got onboarded. As a partner chain, and Neutron itself will have uh, many native assets that's issuing, or, or like new chains like Noble will have native assets which they want to retain a very strong control over. So, to, to what extent are partner chains sovereign? Do you view Neutron as sovereign, uh, or how, how would you call it? How would you categorize that?
1: Yeah, so you know, to, to go back to the analogy of like a federation. Um, well, in, in this case, more like for example, like take the European Union, right? Um, like France is part of the European Union, yet it is sovereign. If it wanted to break away from the treaties and and do something, it would be completely able to. Now it doesn't, because it pledged that it wouldn't, but also because there is a mutual beneficial uh, reasons why you wouldn't want to do that. You would continue to keep those uh, relationship with all of these other countries and have like these close or like alignment mechanisms and, and shared so like services, functions, and, and, and the like, right? I, mm-hmm. I see replicated security as, as somewhat similar to this. Like, consumer chains, um, well, I mean, both sides can terminate the agreement at a moment's notice, essentially. Like, the validators of the Cosmos hub, just like any other Cosmos chains, actually, but if 34% of the validator set of the voting power decided not to run Neutron anymore, the chain would halt. Like, it would not be secured anymore. It would not even function anymore um so so that's one way that it could be done the hub could make a proposal to kick neutron off of replicated security neutron could make a proposal to do what stride is doing but the other way around um, to leave um, replicated security All of these things are, are are possible in my opinion what maintains this um this relationship is the fact that it is more mutually beneficial to be part of that relationship than to get out of it right and so you get back to sort of like the the same elements um as we have in the our roll-up bridge, like, our, is the bridge equal the the roll-up sort of discussion that we've had um, recently, um, whereby at the end of the day, what really decides whether the the well, the chain or the roll-up is sovereign, but whether or not it exercises that sovereignty is whether or not it's beneficial to do so. Right, there's a cost um to exercising it. If a consumer chain wants to leave, there's technical cost, coordination cost, we need to find new validator set, recreate a bunch of IDC channels. Um, you may lose, you know, a large part of the the sort of like the liquidity, the asset, the value on the chain, um, if it is from the Cosmos hub, you may have like, you know, like there's a whole bunch of hurdles, right? Of cost to actually exercising this. And so the question is like, is there more benefits to being in that relationship or to leaving it? As long as the, the, the relationship is mutually beneficial, I think replicated security has absolutely um no reason to sort of like fall apart, essentially. Um but but I think like and what I like about this is that it, it sets the um the objective and sort of like the direction clearly, right? Um there's like with the whole um hub as no value accrual mechanism, sort of like um, refrain that we've heard for for years now, um, I think there's a strong pressure right now to sort um, of, like, recoup some of this frustration by extracting value as much as possible. I completely understand that feeling, but I think it's a bit short-sighted because, like, what keeps consumer chains coming to replicated security in the atomic economic zone and what will maintain them there um, is actually the hub's ability to generate new value with them, essentially, like, generate additional value rather than systematically try to, to capture it, right? Like, mm. Occurring value to the hub is obviously a part of it, right? I'm not saying that it shouldn't and that it should provide this its services for free. I'm just saying that the focus, especially at such an early time and, and at a time where Cosmos is trying to really cement its place in the industry as a whole um, and, and bring technologies that it has spent years and you know hundreds of millions of dollars developing um, into the industry. Like I think the, the 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 main priority should be like how do we make this. Um, Systems and these protocols, I guess, successful as possible. Share the value that we are creating together, um, and and yeah, rather than just, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's a, not like a colonial power trying to uh, get all these entrenched interests uh, embedded in these other chains. Uh, rather,
1: yeah, it, it could try to do that, but I'm not sure how, how you know how <laughs> successful. That's like, right, currently, that's right. there's only one one colony to try and exploit, so I'm not sure that would be so
0: profitable. Either. <laughs> yeah, and you scare away the rest as well. So it's exactly. absolutely more like an economic zone where, like you said, it's, it's from mutual benefit. It's a voluntary uh, partnership. Uh, and in fact, it, even more important, In the cosmos ecosystem where sovereignty is a core value right and that's why the whole app chain thesis is kind of built upon that hey you know have your own chain have your own thing Uh, but now we can voluntarily enter into these partnerships uh whenever it makes sense and uh and mutually kind of like join this economic zone uh to collaboratively build out value with adamester based assets
1: yeah i I completely agree and i I think what's, what's one trend that i that i see in cosmos that i think is very interesting is that we're seeing um, layers after layers of possible partnerships between these chains sort of like coming online, right? Um, like one traditional one, like mechanism for aligning interest has been to sort of like come together to provide liquidity for the native assets of the various chains, right? That's all like still going to be the case. Um, it is becoming easier to do. Um, primitives like the Covenant system, for example, will will make it easier for chains to come together and decide that, hey, let's provide liquidity together. Um, but, but it will also make like much more... Involves sort of types of um, of agreements between these chains, like financial diplomacy in a way. Um, so sort of like, for example, let's do a token swap and let's have some restrictions on on, on when the tokens will be sold and um, let's stake some of them or let's um, use them as collateral in mesh security so that we secure each other. Yeah. Um, and you can layer these bricks essentially of of relationship together to create like very custom sort of like relationships bit within the different points on the IBC network, basically. Um, and I think that's going to be that's going to be an interesting sort of like trend to to
0: watch. Absolutely, and, and I know we we spent uh, like forty five minutes a uh, bit more theoretical going through all the replicant security and and cosmos. Uh, I now let's let's go into Neutron itself, right? Because I know we've been talking about these ideas, but they are real. They are here. Neutron is live. And this has been an incredible journey. Well, Prop 72, which I think many regard as the, the beginnings of replica security was one year ago. And Prop 792 uh, was a few months ago. And now we, we're here at Genesis. Uh, we've gone through also the launch sequence uh, where we had an option, uh, a liquidity lock drop, uh, airdrops. So now a has been uh, distributed and like we have formed a community, we have security, and we have more apps coming up. So I know we're going to talk about the future of Neutron a bit, but I just wanted to also like linger on this, this history of how we got here, because this has been a, a rich case example. So from all these proposals and this entire process, 72, 79 Genesis, and I know with, with all these validators working it out, and then like the whole community launch sequence, how would you kind of how do you feel about this whole journey? What were some of the highlights, the hardest things, and, and the biggest lessons that you've taken away from it?
1: No, that's a really good question. To be honest, um, I think the first thing is that you know it's it's been a year and some now, um, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like like three months ago um, was Prop Seventy Two. So like things have been um, fast, at least from our perspective, I guess.
0: Oh, maybe we um, should summarize Prop Seventy Two real quick.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know what I'll, I'll give you a brief history of like Neutron. Um, yeah, yeah, so Neutron started as an idea um, when we were like uh, we were working on cross-chain applications in Cosmos, like cross-chain DeFi applications, um, and we wanted to build them as smart contracts because smart contracts have some trade-offs that may be very interesting. Like, you know the the um, like not everything needs to be an app chain actually. Um, although the, although we do believe in the app chain th- thesis, and we can talk about this later, but. Um, small contracts are are great for a few things, including the fact that it's much easier to iterate on them. It's much quicker. You don't have as many dependencies when doing so, um, and that's something that you can really leverage for um, for sort of like designing the product and reaching product market fit faster, basically. Um, but anyway, like so, we were you know working on on building these cross DeFi applications, and one of the things that um, was really troublesome is that while doing IBC transfers, like just sending a token from one chain to the other, was manageable with contracts. All of the more advanced crushing infrastructure that, that really makes Cosmos interesting was sort of designed with app chains in mind, and therefore not really either convenient or available um, to, to small contracts. And so that led us to identify sort of like three main friction points to building successful crushing DeFi applications in, in Cosmos. The first one was the lack of security of the, the small contracting platforms that were available. Um, $150 million of, of staked uh, asset is, um, you know, it, it's nice, but if, if you're going to be looking to build a tremendously successful DeFi application, you're probably going to have more TVL than this um, eventually, or at least you should, you know, aim for for that to happen. So, security was the first one. Um, the second one was, as I said, like the lack of crushing infrastructure for small contracts. And three was sort of like the lack of credible, like of, of a credibly neutral place where to deploy that application so that. Um, you would be able. Your application, when it expands to other chains, is able to sort of not trigger the uh, tribal, tri- like tribal reactions of, oh, this application is not from our chain, so we, we don't want to use it. So that you know, providing this neutral ground so that applications could actually exist across multiple chains without being associated with like one specifically, and 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 therefore like triggering immune reactions to to, to them. Um, and so we were you know researching ways that we could solve these problems. Um, when Prop 72, uh, the initial version of it, was posted on the forum. And we we discovered this kind of like by um, at random, right? We saw a proposal, Prop 72, that was saying replicated security is coming to the hub. We're looking for partners to build some of the first chains to launch on replicated security um, and and, and start, like, you know, give them some funding from from the hub, build support for for these apps, and therefore have them sort of, like, pioneer the go-to market of replicated security. And so at the time where where that proposal came, came up, we were you know, researching these, these problems. And replicated security was already something that, that we had on our mind. And the reason for that was that it allowed us to solve two of the three problems, which is the degree of security and the sort of like providing um, so, like central, credibly neutral place in the ecosystem where you could launch your applications by, you know, aligning with the hub essentially, um, and it allowed us to essentially focus on solving the like, like the latest, like the, the last problem, which is the crushing infrastructure for smart contracts, um, and so you know, that sort of like solidified the ideas that we already had, and we decided to um, propose a DeFi Hub to be built as one of these first consumer chains, DeFi Hub, which later came to be known as uh, Neutron. Now, you know, fast forward multiple. Um, audits, half a dozen or more testnets. Um, we made the final proposal to the Cosmos Hub, Prop 7, uh, 792. That proposal was accepted by the Cosmos Hub community with 90-plus percent votes in favor. Um, and therefore, that led to you know, the, the spawn time being reached, at which point Neutron uh, started launching, essentially. Um, now, there were a few technical hiccups because some uh, problems were identified um, notably with the ability of validators to assign keys on the Cosmos Hub prior to the launch. That's a technical issue, so I don't don't think we need to get too deep into it. But essentially, what that meant is that um, validators were like some portion of the voting power was not available to start to launch Neutron um, when it should have been because of a technical issue. Um, And so to fix this and be able to launch anyway, um, some validators had to run with the same key as they used on the provider chain. Which is, from a software perspective, completely fine. But from an operational perspective, as a validator, you don't really want to be moving your keys around, and so it's sort of not very natural to have to do so. But fortunately, some uh, some of the node operators were very, like supportive, and they they helped like bring us to the point where we could start finalizing blocks. At which point, we were able to unwind the the, the technical problem and finally get us a, a chain that's like stable, secure, um, in sync with the Cosmos Hub, which
0: you know is Neutron now. Hmm. Which part do you find the most challenging? Because there were so many facets here, right? Uh, actually coming off the idea and building on a product, getting it audit and tested. So the, the product and infra itself, the the politics with the hub uh, and getting the voters in line, uh, the validators and making sure that their incentives were right and making sure they were bought in and they will come and, and actually secure the chain. Uh, and also the users, right, with, with the airdrop, with the liquidity lock drop and so on, and, and now needing the apps. Uh, how do you feel about all of these? which ones uh, spoke to you the most?
1: I think like for like the the three things that I think we found most challenging were um, establishing the 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 right relationship with the cosmos hub, its validator and its users uh, because it's very intrinsically politic, right political right and polit- like um, you know people say democracy is consensus with a mechanism to resolve it. Um, I do think that even though you know, delegated proof of stake is not democracy per se, but I do think that the same applies here. Whereby we received a tremendous amount of support throughout the process from the Cosmos Hub community, and that has been absolutely instrumental to making what, Neutron what it is today. Um, at the same time, obviously there were like debates around, um, you know, the economic model, the sustainability of validators and stuff. And while we've tried to do our best to sort of get in front of these problems, um, like transparently like from from the get-go as soon as we ourselves identified um, some potential issues in the future like obviously that led to a lot of like conversations and some of them are not fully resolved yet um, which is why we discussed for such a long time like on the economic model of replicated security right there's still work to be done there um, and there's still work to be done to make Neutron tremendously successful so that it actually um, provides meaningful amount of revenue to the hub um, as well um, so I think that has been like the more the most like the most challenging part of the, the entire process, and it was compounded by the fact that it's the first project to ever do that. Um, and so there's no there's no real template or processes for how these things should be should be handled. Um, but but still, like as I said, like we, we got tremendous support from um, from the Cosmos community in general, and so it, it made the whole thing very worth it.
0: Absolutely! Wow, and what a journey! So in, in the end. It, it comes back to, to the people, like you said, uh, and even it's though it's <laughs> yes, yeah, social consensus in the end, which ah, there there is one question I, I forgot to ask just now, when, when we were talking about um, like sovereignty, and, and now since we're talking about people, it, it came back to me around the power dynamics as well. And in particular uh, with slashing specifically, because I know this was a, a major issue uh, with uh, one of the partner chains that, that uh, pulled out right as, as, as I understand, Noble had a lot of uh, problems uh, with it. And in, in this case, like who has the power to then like determine the future? Like you said uh, d- dissension right and what are the consequences for dissenting if you say hey, this validator is not doing his job right? Uh, do we have the power to then unilaterally jail and slash or do we have to kind of go through the hub itself to make that decision? and therefore the hub actually is self-governing in a way, because they can then like reject the slashing or jailing or, or conditions.
1: So in the initial version of replicated security, um, the, the way it worked is essentially both chains actually have a consensus engine, right? So both Neutron and the Co- Cosmos Hub are running their own versions of Tendermint. The only uh, difference on the Neutron side is that instead of calculating who the validators are and um, how much voting power they have, it gets that as a message over ibc from the cosmos hub right the cosmos hub tells it what the validators are um, now because it actually has a consensus engine it's able to verify that validators are working as they should and it's able to identify when they're equivocating like double signing or or not being up and and all of the sort of like traditional um, misbehaviors that that protocols usually handle from from validators. As a result of this, it's able to create proofs that the validators should be slashed. Um, Now, because the stake is not on Neutron itself, it can't directly slash them on Neutron. The stake is on the hub. So what Neutron does is it sends the message with the proof to the Cosmos hub. In the first version of replicated security, that message would then be, um, triggered instantly by the Cosmos Hub and slashed the deposit on the Cosmos Hub. Um, that's an important mechanism because it's one of the guarantees that uphold the entire like proof of stake system. Right now, currently, because of you know sort of like the experimental um, nature of, of this technology early on, um, there was a strong worry that you would you could have a consumer chain that had let's say a technical problem or that is malicious. And that uses this mechanism to slash um, a large amount of the voting power on, on the Cosmos Hub, therefore um, destroying value, but also sort of like redistributing power in the system. With like depending on where the, the remaining stake would be, um, and so basically there are two things that changed. The first one is um, well, there's just one one thing that changed. The first one is that slashing is still possible today, except instead of being uh, triggered automatically. Before a validator is slashed, there is a confirmation proposal on the Cosmos Hub, whereby the social consensus basically looks at the proof, recognizes that yes, this validator misbehaved, and then slash them, or don't if the consumer chain is being malicious. Um, and once again, you have some political game theory here, whereby technically the Hub community could decide not to slash validators that misbehaved, but in the long term, that's likely to be a, a losing solution, like a, a losing um, outcome because it undermines the confidence that other consumer chains have in launching on, 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 on the hub, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's for like the current circumstances. So currently, jailing is still possible and automatically. E.g., if you're supposed to be validating Neutron and you go down for four days, um, Neutron will jail you on the Cosmos Hub. So even if you're validating there, you're not going to get uh, rewards until you start your node on Neutron and on the Cosmos Hub. And start like, basically operating as, as normal again, at which point you can then make a transition, like a transaction to unjail yourself and start earning rewards again. Um, so that's, that mechanism is, is in place and, and working currently. Slashing is limited by governance, it's governance gated currently. Um, and Informal Systems and the team who developed the, the replicated security code are working on what they call the uh, untrusted protocol, uh, the untrusted consumer chain protocol, which is, you know, because of the worry that we discussed previously, right, where a malicious consumer chain could um, wrongfully um, slash on on the Cosmos Hub, instead, the system would now take the proof that is generated by the consumer chain and then verify that proof um, in order to to ascertain that, yes, indeed, that validator should be slashed so that we don't rely on governance anymore and we can do slashing. But we uh, have certainty that the Cosmos Hub is not going to um, be at risk of uh, you know wrongful slashing
0: essentially. Uh, there are a couple of things that I really want to touch on for Neutron's differentiator, right? So one is uh, the tech that you talked about, which is all the cross-chain infrastructure that we're able to offer with like IBC, ICA, IcQ, and also uh, I know that Neutron has some very interesting. Uh, governance, modular mechanisms that can be implemented and interact with the ecosystem apps in very interesting ways. So why don't we start with the first one? Uh, and maybe we start with introducing some of these terms first for those who are less familiar. And, and then like what are some examples of people using it, uh, either theoretical or like real coming up very soon?
1: Yeah, sounds good. So. Um... I mean, we we can simplify them into two categories. Like the first one is giving smart contract applications the ability to do things on other blockchains, and the second one is giving smart contract uh, applications the ability to know things about what's going on outside of the blockchain. Right. Um, So for the first one, the we we call it the interchain transactions module. Um, It's also known as the interchain accounts module um, in in its sort of like vanilla version. Um, that's already in production, no more, like, uh, Cosmos Chains, currently. um, What it does is, essentially, it allows um, smart contracts to send transactions, well, to register accounts on other blockchains um, that have this this module, send transactions to them, execute them, but also receive um, status updates on whether these transactions were, you know, successful, whether they timed out or they failed. Um, and then to um, do callbacks, e.g., to react to the stages of these transactions. And so, with, with with this setup, what you can do is you can have sequences of actions um, that, that, that form kind of like an, an algorithm of, of actions rather than just uh, fire and forget um, sort of uh, sort of things. And that allows you to do pretty complex um, operations across multiple chains. Like one. Um, well, I'll introduce the, the second part first, and then we'll get into sort of like p- p- possible applications of this. Um, the, the second part is what we call interchain queries um, there's a few implementations of interchain queries that are either live or coming live uh, into the ecosystem currently there's roughly two ways um, that, that you can do them in, in general there's the cosmos SDK one which requires module one um, on on, on well, which has different trade-offs um, and then there's the, the key value store query which we've implemented what the what our implementation allows you to do is it allows your small contract to register a new query permissionlessly and that query will essentially be passed on to a relayer, which will go and look into the blockchain's um, storage for the specific data that you wanted, plus the Merkle proofs that prove the, the validity of that data, basically. The relayer takes that data, plus the proofs, brings it, brings it back to Neutron. And then two things need to happen for that data to be useful to your business application. The first one is um, you know the data needs to be verified, e.g., we need to make sure that the relayer did, didn't change some of these values. Um, and so we use, you know, the Cosmos SDK module, the interesting queries module on Neutron to check um, the validity of these Merkle proofs um, since we know the state of the other blockchains through the ABC Live client, whatever. Um, and then the second part is once we know that the data is authentic, we um, we need to process it into a data structure that is actually useful for the business side smart contract applications. That's one where one of the perhaps most significant differences between Neutron's implementation and others um, lies, which is that m- other implementations have both of these functions handled at the Cosmos SDK level, which, you know, to upgrade, you need to hold the chain, slap a new binary, and then relaunch the chain. Um, Neutron did things a little bit differently. We moved that function to the smart contract layer, which allows us to update uh, these contracts like uh, much more easily, essentially, um, and to allow people to essentially register Query permissionlessly, right? So anyone can spin up a contract for for that uh, interesting query, and they can update that contract so that they can adapt to changing uh, situations on on the other side, on the uh, on the queried chain, and they can evolve the queries that they're using with the product that they're using. And this is somewhat fundamental because um, other implementations of interesting queries currently. Um, are sort of designed with one application in mind, right? So for example, um, Quicksilver and Stride have interesting queries in in production today, as far as I know, Um, but they have a very limited number of queries that you can do because they don't need other queries. They just need the ones that are useful to the liquid staking protocol that they're um, running, right? Now, Neutron is a bit of a different matter because what we're trying to build here is an ecosystem of very different applications. And so ensuring that we have um, a mechanism that allows um, developers to essentially register queries for the data that they need um, is absolutely crucial. And so our, our implementation does that. Um, now, when you combine these two things together, um, you can build applications that are pretty interesting, because they can exist across multiple chains, but feel like they're just on you know one application. You, you can abstract away, basically, the complexity of the, the crushing nature of these applications. Um, and that has benefits. For, for application builders that we can get into uh, later, but um, sort of like to give an example of that, how this could work. Um, you could imagine a liquid staking protocol that is able to provide liquid staking for upwards of, like, well, for up to 51 blockchains in IBC currently um, simply by uh, deploying one set of smart contract on one blockchain. So there's no need to redeploy everywhere, which wouldn't scale, but also um, wouldn't be possible because not every chain in Cosmos has Smart contract capabilities. Now, instead of you know trying to 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 do that, you can simply make one set of smart contract that leverages Neutron's infrastructure to provide liquid staking to all of these chains. The way it works is, you know, you have a user that has um, an account on, let's say, uh, uh, pick a chain for me. Where's the user? Um. Osmosis. <laughs> which right. is a well I mean that that's a particular
0: choice. Uh, I
1: think <laughs> <friendly>. <laughs> let's okay. use Osmosis anyway. Like a, Okay. Not financial advice, not saying that this will happen, but okay. you know, let's use it as an example. So I'm on Osmosis and I have Osmo tokens. I want to liquid liquid stake them through liquid staking protocol X. Um, that protocol is deployed on Neutron, but it has a interesting account registered on Osmosis. Now, traditionally, what I would have to do is I need to bridge to the chain where the protocol is and then provide my assets there, and then you know, the protocol will handle them. Now, with interesting queries and interesting accounts, what we can do is simply I log into the same web interface as I would for any chain that the protocol supports. And when I you know, use my transaction to liquid stake, the protocol knows which chain I'm currently on. And instead of building a transaction that would like IBC to the first chain then provide, I simply send the, um, the tokens from my account on Osmosis to the protocol's account on Osmosis. Now, the protocol has control over these assets, right? Um, they're, 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 they can be verified um, by the, like using an interesting query. Like the, we can check that, indeed, we have received uh, these tokens. And then the protocol knows that, OK, I've received the deposit. I can now mint the derivative. And so it mints the derivative on Neutron, sends it over IBC to the user's wallet directly. The user doesn't know about any of this. It just waits, and then, up oh, the tokens are in this wallet. Now, the protocol controls where the assets are, right? So it can proceed with delegating these assets. The business contracts on, on Neutron can have specific logic to how these staking should be handled, right, which validator should be delegated to, in which proportions, and, and, and what have you. Um, using interesting queries, it can retrieve all of the data that it needs, all of the entry data that it needs to be able to perform these strategies, like this validator set management strategies. And then, essentially, once it has this information, made some compute to understand how much asset, like how much of, the, of of my Osmo token should be delegated to each validator. It can simply issue a transaction over IBC. That transaction is sent to Osmosis and you know executed, which means that these tokens are now delegated. Um, so the user has. Like from from the, like the beauty of this infrastructure it may seem a bit complex on the technical side but the beauty of this whole setup is that it allows um, you to abstract away the entire crushing complexity um, from the user's experience from the user's perspective what i did is i logged into a website i signed a transaction i received my tokens which is exactly what it should be like right but it what it hasn't been like in cosmos so far because of all of the Sort of like intermediate intermediate steps that uh, cross chain nature of this ecosystem um, introduces. Um, so yeah, like I, that. That's roughly um, roughly how it can work.
0: Awesome. And are there some real examples that you'd like to highlight? Because I know there are quite a few apps that are already uh, either deployed or promised to deploy, and perhaps they already have some ideas about how to use these features. I think specifically, we, we know, Astroport is already on there. Uh, with an outpost. We know Catalyst had an announcement and plenty of other default protocols from like oracles, DEXs, and so on.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I mean, like, Lido is likely to build something that's very similar to what I just described. Mm-hmm. Um, Astroboard has this model where so Astroboard is a DEX, right? It's an AMM currently, but it is um, rolling out like various types of pool currently. Um, it has already expanded to um, Terra. Well, I mean, it launched on Terra. But it's expanded to injective and probably soon say. And Astroport has this whole um, trustless, cross-chain governance system, right? So that that that's the first thing. Now, Astroport could basically bring this to Neutron, and ha- which would help to like expand it, make it more um, complete, more easy to manage from the, the the perspective of what needs to be built. Because instead of having to rebuild the entire thing from Terra, which doesn't provide this infrastructure, you could essentially leverage a lot of the. Infrastructure that comes like he in hand with Neutron to to build sort of, like these functions um, over time. Now, Astroport also has a very the the Astroport community and the Astroport like um, contributors have had this very interesting sort of, like thesis of the slam the, the shared liquidity AMM, which is um, a take on how dexes like multi-chain dexes like Sushi Swap, Curve, um, Astroport can. Extract additional benefits. Extract like well, I mean, generate additional value by instead of having just like isolated deployments on every chain, actually code like coordinating the liquidity layer so that they can best serve um, the trading the traders, um, whilst also maximizing the utilization ratio of that liquidity and therefore the fees for the the the, the liquidity provider. That sort of implementation requires. Um, being able to move assets around between the deployments in order to be able to you know, make sure that we're allocating that liquidity efficiently. It requires knowing about you know, various um, variables in the other ecosystems that you're on. And so one naive way to build it would be you just handle the whole thing off-chain, but then what, what's the point of building in this industry anyway? Um, and so instead, what you can do is well, basically, you have two choices. Either you build it on another chain currently, in which case you will have to rebuild all of the infrastructure uh, that you will need to, to do these actions, or you just build it on Neutron, which essentially provides like most of the basic infra- like all of the basic infrastructure that you'll need to to build this sort of things. Um, another example that's, I think, pretty interesting. Well, two more examples. Um, one of which I've sort of teased at a at, at, at gateway. Um, I guess the, the allocator is a very interesting one for this, right? So, the allocator allows you to have community pools and DAOs on various different blockchains um, that come together and make a trustless agreement together through small contracts. And so, th- they need to be able to sort of like transfer tokens around, have programmatic agreements. Like, let's say, for example, um, Neutron and Osmosis want to um, get together and buy bad kids on Stargaze. right? That's something that we can do. We just like send tokens together in the pool. Maybe we perform some other actions in the meantime. E.g., we could have them rebalanced so that a portion of them is used to continuously swap into stars, so that we build up a treasury of stars that we can then use to sweep on stargaze, and all of this can be handled programmatically, right? So the 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 like neutrons infrastructure in this in in this case is used to provide. Um, a primitive that will be useful for not just Neutron's ecosystem and DeFi ecosystem, but for the entire Cosmos ecosystem. Um, it, it allows to like app chains to basically come together uh, more. Um, another example of this would be like Gitcoin, right? Bringing Gitcoin to Neutron would mean that we have now this um, on-chain mechanism to run quadratic funding runs, which could be, you know, like the matching pools for for these rounds could be provided by multiple chains and projects across the ecosystem. And these projects could you know uh, register and run their own programs and their own matching rounds um, according to their own terms they can even spin up their own uis for for it so that they have their you know their own branding and identity um, and, and segregated sort of like um, uis for, for these if they want to or they can just use the infrastructure the small contracts and the uis that we will like provide for for this um, and so that that's another um that's another sort of like example of this right so neutral question infrastructure basically gives you two things first it allows you to build um, primitives that then become available to the entire ecosystem, um, which, you know, it's beneficial for both because it means that the primitive is actually getting a lot more demand. Um, and it's also um, beneficial to the ecosystem because it means that they don't have to rebuild continuously the same system and it becomes much, more, uh, much easier to bring sort of like large projects from other ecosystems like on Ethereum, right? Because, you know, if you... If you're just one Cosmos chain today, and you're trying to pitch, like, one of the major on Ethereum, and you tell them, hey, deploy on my chain, and then the next chain is going to come to them and say the same thing, and there's 51 blockchains to to, to do the same, it's unlikely that they'll actually take the pitch. But it, if you can come to them and say, hey, look, deploy once on this chain, and you'll get exposure to the entire Cosmos ecosystem, now that's a much more attractive sort of, sort of like value proposition and endeavor, right? Um, so like pulling our forces and, 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 and interest to, together through Neutron allows us to move mountains, basically. So that's point number one. Point number two, and then I'll be done, is it also allows you to make your app much more viable, much more successful. Um, it provides you with a, a much better path to product market fit, because um, like up to Neutron's launch, um, when you were launching an application as a smart contract on, on Cosmos, you were much like, what you're doing when choosing a roll-up on the Ethereum ecosystem, you're choosing a winner, right? You're betting that this ecosystem is going to be uh, where most of the value activity and users are going to be. And that's where you want to launch your application. If you don't want to do that, you either have to re-implement all of the crash infrastructure that you'll need to scale, or you need to redeploy multiple versions of your contracts on each smart contract platform. Both of these are pretty bad solution because they don't scale very well and they require, they, you know, they imply a lot of overhead. Now, what Neutron does is that it actually allows you to not have to choose, but rather take a bet on the entire ecosystem, right? So not just other smart contract platforms, but also the app chain, since it can connect to all all of them, basically. So you can deploy your application once, and then leverage the market of Cosmos as an aggregate, rather than just the local market that exists on Neutron, Juno, say, or whatever other smart contract platform you you may be considering.
0: Hmm. Right. Well, that's a lot to digest. And this, this one thing that I know we, we talked a little bit about, right, which is it's it's quite hard to kind of summarize all of that, all of Neutron in that one sentence. And I mean, we can kind of keep it a little high level of like, oh yeah, your gateway to the whole cosmos ecosystem uh, with all this cross infrastructure, but it, it doesn't kind of explain all that complexity. So <laughs> I hope we can point developers to, to this episode, uh, but is there uh, a one-liner that you have in mind and maybe... Uh, even a mascot or some sort of imagery that can help people imagine this how would you how would you summarize that
1: so in terms of a wine liner um, i'd go for something like neutron is the most secure cross chain small contracting platform i think it encapsulates sort of like the various aspects of neutron it's highly secure thanks to replicated security um, and it's a cross-chain smart contracting platform um, as opposed to just a smart contracting platform in that you know a lot of the work that went into neutron was to develop that infrastructure that is uh, designed to essentially make your life as a, as a developer easier because it you know you don't have to redevelop it essentially it comes like key in hand um, so I, I would go for this now in terms of a mascot that's actually something that i've been thinking about a lot um, there have been very interesting suggestions, but I, I don't think we're at a point yet where we're ready to call the mascot. Um, OK. Yeah.
0: All right, we look forward to that. Uh, I know we are almost at the hour where you have to, to run. Uh, but if I may wrap up with one question. So we are just at the genesis of Neutron right now. Oh, well, we're launched, right? So post-genesis, but just the early infancy. And we're also at a critical time uh, for Cosmos and the atom economic zone. Uh, now, I'm sure a lot is going to happen in the next year or three, five years. How would you want to look back uh, on this period of intense activity? Right? How would you? What would you like to remember this period as? Oh, that's
1: a really good question. Um, I think I would like to look at this. So, like, the period for the next coming months, right? Yes. Yeah, I think I think I would want to look back at it and be um, and be able to be proud that we actually set up the foundations for a very successful ecosystem. And by that I mean um, both creating the systems, but also the the organization, right? Like like sharing, spreading a culture and a shared vision of what is possible to do today in Cosmos, and actually making it happen, right? Because um, you know me and my team are fairly irrelevant, like. It doesn't matter who we are. If a bus hits me tomorrow, the chain should continue to work. Um, and you know, that that should be the goal, right? The chain should not need me for anything. In fact, it doesn't already, which is a pretty good sign. Um, but the ecosystem as a whole should be able to continue on its trajectory, right? Um, and so I think a lot of a lot of what we tend to overlook is sort of like the, the people behind the tech. Um, and the tech is is literally just a consensus engine. It's like how do we put people together into that the same direction? Um, and I think we we need to do a lot more work in, on, on this, in, in Neutron's case, uh, but also in Cosmos in general, of like you know sharing a mutual vision and culture for where we're trying to do, and then constructively move towards that vision. Um, so that's that's going to be a lot of the work that I'm going to be doing in the in the next few months.
0: And final final words to builders in Cosmos or people who are hanging on here in the bear market.
1: <laughs> well. Um, things don't happen in a day, but it's uh, you know slowly and then suddenly. So you know we invite you to come build with us. Uh, we're pretty excited.
0: Perfect. And with that, that's a wrap. Thank you so much again, Spade. I think this is such an insightful episode and a great continuation of our Cosmos series. Uh, it's great to have you here, and we're really excited to be working together.
1: Uh, it's a pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, and to everyone tuning in,